Hail and well met, everybody. Welcome to Geek Thyself, a show by nerds, for nerds, who love geeking out over random facts and esoteric trivia. My name is Heather. I'm Russell. And we'll be your hosts for this journey through the wondrous land of information. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another spooktacular Geek Thyself episode for Halloween. Yeah, hello guys, we're doing this again. Uh, it is Halloween this coming week. Mm-hmm. Actually, this Sunday, which is very, very fun. Um, uh, not seen as many Halloween decorations as I'd like to, although I do pass one, that uh, a couple uh, on my way home from work when I walk. Mm-hmm. They've done like some some graveyards, uh, or graves, not graveyards, the gravestones, like they've done their, their front garden like a grave gravesite which is fun um nice yeah i love halloween but i i don't bother decorating anymore because where we're located we never get trick-or-treaters yeah i think i remember you i think i remember you saying that um last time when we did something about it Mm -hmm. um because just where you are which is a shame anyway so this week we've decided to cover like we did uh like we tend to do with most holidays uh towards Mm -hmm. the end of it we do a bit of reading just to, you know... Change it up a little. Reading. Yeah. Um, and this time we're going to focus on Edgar Allan Poe. Yes. Um, and we're calling the episode Edgar Allan Poems because this is the kind of people we are. Mm-hmm. And I thought mm-hmm. about that while, while I was on my way home. So. And I 100% am on board for this plan. <laughs> yes, it's great. Um, uh, but so basically what we're going to do with this, this episode is because... Um, we're not going to do some like super high analysis of the of the the stories um we're just this is basically just a read through mm-hmm. especially with a couple of them being a little long but we wanted to get together at least at the start just to say hi happy spoopy season and we're also going to do a little bit on Edgar Allan Poe as a person because he's uh, an interesting guy and he's got many different kind of works most of which are available uh, in the public domain, so if you want to go mm-hmm. read them yourself, you can absolutely do that. Uh, or if you prefer to listen to things like me, um, like I do, uh, you can find them on um, audiobook sites, which you know we're not affiliated with. Yeah, there's <laughs> there's definitely some audiobook sites that have his stories and poems. I mean, all of his works are public domain now. Anything mm-hmm. from before 1923 at this point is public domain and he died in 1849 so by default everything of his that he published while he was alive can be used as public domain which is why we can read his poems and not get sued yes that, that, and that's great we love doing that mm-hmm. but yeah so we, sh- we absolutely think if you enjoy this we're going to cover a couple well we're going to cover probably the most well-known one which heather's going to do because heather's a big fan uh-huh. and she <laughs> specifically wanted to do that one um, and then I'm going to cover a, sm- a few smaller ones, and we did have a look into doing a couple of his uh, non like non poem stories, but they are just a little too long for this kind of episode. But you can mm-hmm. definitely find them and read them if you want. Yes. And right, you, you so, may get okay. some cat background noises on my end. <laughs> mm, I mean, that's nothing new. That's nothing new. I mean, this is very very true. Um, so for anyone who hasn't heard of Edgar Allan Poe. I don't know mm-hmm. how that's possible, but he wrote his most famous poem that most people do recognize is called The Raven. Mm-hmm. 
Um, he was born in on uh, January 19th, 1809, and he lived until October 7th, 1849. So he was only uh, 40 years old when he died. Yeah, uh, and he was born in Boston, Massachusetts, and died in uh, Baltimore, Maryland. <coughs> mm -hmm. He was an American writer, poet, editor, editor, and literary critic. Um, he's most well known for some of his sort of macabre and spooky short stories, as well as poems like The Raven. Mm -hmm. uh, <clears throat> uh, anyone who's had to read some of his works in school may remember having to read things like The Cask of Amontillado or The um, Telltale Heart. Uh, I had, oh, that's it. this is actually a different, uh, interesting thing that I can mention. Um, we didn't actually get anything um, assigned to us from Edgar Allan Poe in the UK. Nothing at all? No, nothing. Uh, it was all, it's all Shakespeare. Yeah. It's all Shakespeare. I mean, that's... I, I can see that. That would... I mean, it kind of <clears throat> makes sense. Uh. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I agree. Uh, but he's still, like, famous over here. Uh, mm -hmm. But it was never something that was assigned. As, uh, at least not to me. I suppose it could have been assigned to maybe advanced students, because I was never in advanced English. But... Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I definitely, he's an American writer, so it makes sense that we would read more of his stuff over here than you guys did. Um, mm -hmm. But I definitely read The Cask of Amontillado, Fall of the House of Usher, uh, Mask of the Red Death, Telltale Heart. Uh, those are the some of his more you know famous short stories that I definitely read in school. And of course, you you can't escape Halloween in the United States without hearing the Raven quoted at some point. Interesting. Um, I didn't realize that he was also one of the like USA's first or earliest practitioners of using the short stories, uh, things and is considered to be the inventor of detective, the, uh, of the detective fiction genre. Uh, and he was also, uh, well known as the first American writer to earn a living through writing alone resulting in a financially difficult life and career. Yeah, mm -hmm. he was never well off. He, he struggled quite a lot. Yeah, he, a lot of his stuff didn't become more popular until after he actually passed away, as is the case with a lot of people. A, a lot of a lot of people, um, yeah. Like, I mean, Dickens was... Uh, he was popular, of course, when he was alive, but his mm -hmm. work became astronomically more popular. And I, again, with Shakespeare as well. Because, you know... It's, mm -hmm. anyway. Um... So. Yeah, so he definitely had issues. He also had some gambling debts. Um, uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. or, well, it's his family had some gambling debts, and he himself probably had some as well. So there were definitely issues. Um, ultimately, he died in 1849. On, mm -hmm. He was found delirious on the streets of Baltimore. Yeah, um, and his death has been attributed to a lot of things, including disease, alcoholism, substance abuse, and even suicide. And um, you you mentioned this before we started recording. Um, mm -hmm. Rabies. Rabies, yeah. Yeah, one of um, the possible reasons is that for his death is rabies. Um, mm -hmm. He died so long ago, all the medical records have been lost, including his death certificate. So we don't actually have anything written about what the doctors found during no. whatever post-mortem they may have performed. Uh, we know that according to the person who found him, he was delirious 
and in great distress and needed immediate assistance. But after they took him to the hospital, uh, well, to the medical college, he died there and they weren't, he was never coherent enough for them to get much information. Um, that according to what little information we do have, he wasn't coherent. He couldn't explain why he was in such bad condition because he wasn't coherent. And he was wearing clothes that weren't his, and no one knows why. Yeah. Um, he, a number of uh, his homes are dedicated museums now, mm-hmm. uh, and the Mystery Writers of America present an annual award uh, named the Egger Award for Distinguished Work in the Mystery Genre as well, so... He's got that named after him. Um, he's also had he also had uh, terrible luck with his love life as well because his his uh, wife died two years before he did of uh, tuberculosis, and I we think she was his cousin. We, we think. she was. He yeah. he married his first cousin, mm-hmm. uh, Virginia Which Clem. Which is illegal. <laughs> yeah, he he re- he received a special license to marry her, um, but it is said that he. Like, from the things I've read before, a lot of the um, sort of bits and pieces we know do seem to indicate that he truly did love her. Mm-hmm. But, unfortunately, um, she died after 11 years of marriage. Um, and so they also suspect that that uh, death affected him greatly and probably inspired some of his writing. Yeah, because it um, definitely got darker in mm-hmm. those in those last two years. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, and I would say that's a uh, that's a pretty good summary of Edgar Allan Poe himself. So yeah, um, I don't I don't think so. And I, I, I mean I don't think there's anything else to cover. I will say, if you're trying to look up Edgar Allan Poe, one of the best uh, descriptive words I could use for his uh, sort of time frame and uh, theme behind his poetry and stories is definitely sort of a very gothic feel. Yeah, absolutely. He's definitely inspired quite a lot of that in in current kind of media and all that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you're not a fan of gothic uh, stories or poems, I would say, steer clear. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, they're definitely not. They're not super graphic, Mm-mm. but they're they're unsettling. Like yeah, if you remember the um the episode of Creepy Pasta we did uh, a couple of years ago, it's kind of like that kind of vibe. Although this is more like just the original kind of Creepy Pasta, <laughs> and yeah. probably written better. <laughs> I mean, <Well>. agreed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I think that's about all for this bit. Now we're going to go and do our recordings. Uh, mine are going to be first, um, and I'll get into those in a minute. And then Heather's going to talk about, um, oh, not talk about, uh, to, um, do uh, do the Raven. No, I don't <laughs> Read like the I Raven. <laughs> Read the Raven. Thank you. <laughs> Read the Raven for you at the at the end after after a mid roll because mm-hmm. must possibly have one of those. But apart from that, we all, uh, I, I guess this will be the last time we're talking outside of the mid-roll of it, so yeah, have a wonderful Halloween spoopy season. <laughs> mm-hmm. And enjoy the poetry. Alright, hiya guys, uh, we have now separated into our um, 
and to our poem recordings. I have a couple uh, to go through with Heather having the Raven, as we've already said, because the Raven's a little longer, so it made sense for me to do a couple of smaller ones and maybe less known. Uh, the first one that we sort of picked out, and these are all spoopy um, Halloween uh, thema thematic? Thematic, yeah, they're thematic. Uh, the first one we picked out is uh, Spirits of the Dead. So I'll get right into it. <clears throat> Thy soul shall find itself alone mid dark thoughts of the grey tombstone. Not one of all the crowd to pry into thine tower of secrecy. Be silent in that solitude, which is not loneliness for then. The, the spirits of the dead who stood in life before thee are again in death around thee, and their will shall overshadow thee. Be still. The night, though clear, shall frown, and the stars shall not look down. From their high thrones in the heaven, with light like hope to mortals given. But their red orbs without beam to, to their weariness shall seem as a burning and a fever which would cling to thee forever. Now our thoughts thou shalt not banish. Now our visions nearer to vanish. From my from thy spirit shy thou pass. No more like dewdrops from the grass. The breeze, the breath of God is still, and the mist upon the hill, shadowy, shadowy yet unbroken, is a symbol and a token. How it hangs upon the trees, a mystery of mysteries. Okay, so yep, that's the first one. A uh, fairly short one to start with. Uh, the next one that we're going to be covering is the Haunted Palace. <clears throat> In the greenest of our valleys, by good angels tenanted, once a fair and stately palace, radiant palace reared its head. In the monarch thought's dominion, it stood there, narrow seraph spread opinion over fabric half so fair. Banners yellow, glorious, golden, on its roof did float and flow. This, uh, all this, was in the olden time, long ago. And every gentle air that dallied in the sweet in that sweet day, along the ramparts plum, uh, plumbed and pallid, a winged odour went away. Wanderers in that happy valley, through two luminous windows saw, spirits moving musically, to a lute well-tuned law. Bound about a throne were a sitting Porphonian <laughs> Porphogene. In state his glory well befitting, the ruler of the realm was seen. And all with pearl and ruby glowing was the fair palace door, through which came flowing, 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 and sparkling evermore. A troop of echoes whose sweet duty was but to sing in voices of surpassing beauty the wit and wisdom of their king. But evil things in robes of sorrow assailed uh, the monarch's highest state. Uh, let us mourn, for never morrow shall dawn upon him desolate. About, uh, and round about his home the glory that blushed and bloomed 
is but a dim remembered story of the old time entombed. And travellers now within that valley, through the red litten windows, see vast forms that move fantastically to a discordant melody, while like a ghastly rap uh, rapid river, through the pale door, a hideous throng rush out further, uh, forever, and laugh but smile no more. Alright, um, apologies for uh, a couple of points in there. <laughs> I uh, wasn't sure how to uh, say polyhydrogen. Um, it's not exactly a word I've used much, but uh, I hope you get the, the gist of it. Uh, the next one I have is the longer one, which is in my sort of bit. Oh, no, never mind. Uh, this is uh, Fairyland. Uh, sorry, uh, okay, so Fairyland. Dim veils and shadowy floods and cloudy-looking woods whose forms we can't discover from the tears that drip all over. Huge moons that wax and wane again, again, again. Every moment of the night forever changing places and they put out the starlight with the breath of their pale faces. About twelve by the moon dial or more firmly than the rest a kind which upon trial they are found to be the best. Comes down, comes down, still down and down, with its centre on the crown of the mountain's eminence. While its wide circumference is easy drapery, uh, in easy drapery falls, over hamlets, over hills, wherever they may be, over the strange woods, over the sea, over the spirits of the wing, over every drowsy thing, and buries them up quite in a labyrinth of light. And then how deep, oh deep, in the passion of their sleep, in the morning they arise, and their moony covered in sorry in the, is soaring in the skies. With the tempests as, as they toss, like almost anything, or a yellow albatross, they use that moon no more, for the same end as before, Videlect attempt, which I think extravagant, its atomines, however, into a shower disever, of which these those butterflies of earth who seek the skies, and so come down again, never contented things, have brought uh, a specimen um upon their quivering wings. Right, so. There we go, that's uh, Fairyland, and I'm going to see if I can find one more to round out this section, and then we will uh, move on to our mid-roll, which we'll have Heather with us, and then all that good stuff. Okay, right, hi guys, got one last one for you here, and then we will move, then we'll move on to Heather's part after the mid-roll. This one here is called The Visit, uh, Visit of the Dead. <clears throat> Thy soul shall find itself alone, alone of all on earth, unknown the cause, but none are near to pry into thine hour of secrecy. Be silent in that solitude, which is not loneliness, for then the spirits of the dead, who stood in life before thee, are again in death around thee, and their will shall then overshadow thee. Be still for the night, thou clear shall frown, 
and the stars shall look not down from their thrones in the dark heaven. With light like hope to mortals given, but their red orbs without beam to thy withering heart shall seem as a burning and a fervour which would cling to thee forever. But it will leave thee, as each star in the morning light afar will fly thee and vanish. But it's thought thou canst not banish, the breath of God will be still, and the wish upon the hill that, that by that summer breeze unbroken shall charm thee as a token and a symbol which shall be secrecy in thee. Okay, so yeah, that's just a few short, smaller stories uh, for Edgar Allan Poe's work. Um, this is my sort of wrap-up bit, so I will be in the mid-roll, which we're just about to go into. And then I will leave you in the capable hands of Heather to, to close out the episode. Uh, have a wonderful Halloween, guys, and I will talk to you all very soon. Bye. Alright, hi everyone. Welcome to this week's mid-roll. Yeah, this week's interesting mid-roll where, I van- where Heather vanished and then is back, and then I'm going to vanish afterwards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just to keep things interesting and keep you on your toes. So, like always, I want to start off by talking about World Anvil. World Anvil's uh, one of our amazing sponsors here at Nerdsmith. We definitely recommend you check them out. It's worldanvil.com. They are a fantastic website designed for world building and campaign management. So if you're a game master wanting to flesh out the world for your players, or if you're an art, um, an author and you want to flesh out the world you've created in your stories for your audience, either way, they have an amazing set of tools. You can sign up for free. Again, it's worldanvil.com. Or if you've tried out their website and you love the features, but you want some of their more advanced features, you can sign up to become a guild member for at varying levels. So you can pick the one that works for you and has the items you want available. Definitely recommend you check it out. It's an amazing website, an amazing tool, and they're amazing people. It's worldanvil.com. Other people we really, really love and love being supported by are the fine folks over at Castle Diehard at dieharddice.com. They have the most stunning, beautiful dice, which we always talk about, but they're so gorgeous. They focus a lot on metal dice, which has sort of been their bread and butter for a long time. They do have their own polymer sets, and they sell like the mass-produced ones as well as their own unique styles, so you can get anything you like from there, including their own specialty dice like their Spellbinder series with dual colours, and their multi-class series with separating D20s, and mm-hmm. just, they've got so many great things, All, awesome accessories like their little meeple characters for uh, board games like Settlers of Catan or anything like that. Um, they have their dice, uh, their dice, their scroll of rolling, their, their, their dice of rolling, their dice all roll, their dice all roll. Uh, the scroll of rolling, which is a wonderful <laughs> accessory. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, um, we love them, and they have free shipping in the US and or domestically if you if you're there, and they have uh, discounted international shipping as well. And you can also get an additional discount uh, if you find anything you like using the code Dice Dragons. That's D I C E D R A G O N S. Dice Dragons. So if you do find anything you like, we yeah, you can use that and get a sweet discount. And if you want to roll with the best, all you need to do to go is to go to dieharddice.com. All right. 
Okay, so yeah, we, we love her very much. We love Ford mm-hmm. Ample as well. And we will get into The Raven after this. Yep, be right back. Bye. <laughs> this is me going, <laughs> Hi, everyone, and welcome to this section of Geek and Thyself's episode on Edgar Allan Poe's poems. I'm going to be reading you one of his most famous narrative poems, The Raven. It was first published in January of 1845. Um, It's often been noted for its musicality and stylized language and a very supernatural, spooky atmosphere. So it's definitely perfect for the spooky season that is October. For anyone who hasn't heard this poem before, there's nothing overly graphic. There is a lot of things that are definitely a little creepy, but not graphic or gory or anything like that. And without further ado, here is The Raven by Edgar Allan Poe. Once upon a midnight dreary, while I pondered weak and weary, over many a quaint and curious volume of forgotten lore, while I nodded nearly napping, suddenly there came a tapping, as of someone gently rapping, rapping at my chamber door. "'Tis some visitor, I muttered, tapping at my chamber door, Only this and nothing more. Ah, distinctly, I remember, it was in the bleak December, and each separate dying ember wrought its ghost upon the floor. Eagerly I wished the morrow, vainly I had sought to borrow, from my books surcease of sorrow, sorrow for the lost Lenore, for the rare and radiant maiden whom the angels name Lenore, nameless here forevermore. And the silken, sad, uncertain, rustling of each purple curtain, thrilled me, filled me with fantastic terrors never felt before, so that now to still the beating of my heart I stood repeating, "'Tis some visitor entreating entrance at my chamber door, some late visitor entreating entrance at my chamber door, this is it, and nothing more." Presently my soul grew stronger, hesitating, then no longer, "'Sir,' said I, or madam, truly your forgiveness I implore,' But the fact is, I was napping, and so gently you came rapping, and so faintly you came tapping, tapping at my chamber door, that I scarce was sure I heard you, here I opened wide the door, darkness there, and nothing more. Deep into that darkness peering, long I stood there wondering, fearing, doubting, dreaming dreams no mortals ever dared to dream before, but the silence was unbroken, and the stillness gave no token, and the only word where spoken was the whispered word, Lenore. This I whispered, and an echo murmured back the word, Lenore. Merely this, and nothing more. Back into the chamber turning, all my soul within me burning, soon again I heard a tapping somewhat louder than before. Surely, said I, surely that is something at my window lattice. Let me see then what thereat is, and this mystery explore. Let my heart be still a moment, and this mystery explore. Tis the wind, and nothing more. Open here I flung the shutter, when with many a flirt and flutter, in there stepped a stately raven of the saintly days of yore. Not the least obeisance made he, not a minute stopped or stayed he, but with mane of lord or lady, perched above my chamber door, perched upon a bust of palace just above my chamber door, perched and sat, and nothing more. Then this ebony bird beguiling my sad fancy into smiling, 
by the grave and stern decorum of the countenance it wore. Though thy crest be shorn and shaven, thou, I said, art sure no craven, ghastly grim and ancient raven, wandering from the nightly shore. Tell me what thy lordly name is on the night's plutonian shore. Quoth the raven, nevermore. Much I marveled this ungainly, foul to hear discourse so plainly, though its answer little meaning, little relevancy bore. For we cannot help agreeing that no living human being ever yet was blessed with seeing bird above his chamber door, bird or beast upon the sculptured bust above his chamber door, with such name as nevermore. But the raven, sitting lonely, on the placid bust spoke only, that one word as if his soul in that one word he did outpour. Nothing further than he uttered, not a feather than he fluttered, till I scarcely more than muttered, other friends have flown before, on the morrow he will leave me, as my hopes have flown before. Then the bird said, nevermore. Startled at the stillness broken, by reply so aptly spoken, Doubtless, said I, what it utters is its only stock and store, caught from some unhappy master whom unmerciful disaster followed fast and followed faster till his songs one burden bore, till the dirges of his hope that melancholy burden bore of never, never more. But the raven, still beguiling all my fancy into smiling, straight I wheeled a cushioned seat in front of bird and bust and door. Then upon the velvet sinking, I betook myself to linking, fancy unto fancy, thinking what this ominous bird of yore, what this grim ungainly ghastly, gaunt and ominous bird of yore, meant in croaking, nevermore. This I sat engaged in guessing, but no syllable expressing, to the fowl whose fiery eyes now burned into my bosom's core. This and more I sat divining, with my head at ease reclining, on the cushion's velvet lining that the lamplight gloated o'er. But whose velvet violet lining with the lamplight gloating o'er, she shall press a nevermore. Then methought the air grew denser, perfumed from an unseen censer, swung by seraphim whose footfalls tinkled on the tufted floor. Wretch, I cried, thy God hath lent thee, by these angels he hath sent thee, respite, respite, and nepenthe from thy memories of Lenore. Quaff, O oh, quaff this kind nepenthe, forget this lost Lenore. Quoth the raven, nevermore. Prophet, said I, thing of evil, prophet still of bird or devil, whether tempter sent or whether tempest tossed thee here ashore, desolate yet all undaunted, on this desert island enchanted, on this home by horror haunted, tell me truly, I implore. Is there, is there balm in Gilead? Tell me, tell me, I implore. Quoth the raven, nevermore. Prophet, said I, thing of evil, prophet still if bird or devil. By that heaven that bends above us, by that God we both adore, tell this soul with sorrow laden, if within the distant Aden, it shall clasp a sainted maiden whom the angels name Lenore. Clasp a rare and radiant maiden whom the angels name Lenore. Quoth the raven, nevermore. Be that word our sign in parting, bird or fiend, I shrieked upstarting. Get thee back into the tempest and the night's plutonian shore. Leave no black plume as a token of that lie thy soul hath spoken. Leave my loneliness unbroken, quit the bust above my door. 
Take thy beak from out my heart and take thy form from off my door. Quoth the raven, nevermore. And the raven, never flitting, still is sitting, still is sitting, on the pallid bust of Pallas, just above my chamber door. And his eyes have all the seeming of a demon's that is dreaming, and the lamplight o'er him streaming throws his shadow on the floor. And my soul from out that shadow that lies floating on the floor shall be lifted nevermore. Okay. Thanks for listening, everyone. This has been uh, our episode of Geek Thyself for this week. Hope you enjoyed the readings and have a fantastic spoopy season. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Geek Thyself. Don't forget to check out all the other amazing content on the Nerdsmith Network. If you have any questions for either of us, you can get in contact with us on Twitter at geek underscore thyself. You can also email us at geekthyself at nerdsmith.org. And please don't forget to go to iTunes and leave us a review or also go anywhere you listen to your podcasts. We'll be back next week with another informative and fun episode. And until then, don't forget to geek thyself. <laughs>